Good afternoon. Welcome to Blueprint for Efficiency, a webinar speaker series hosted by the Yale Center for Business and the Environment. My name is Pedro Leon de la Barra, and I will be your host this afternoon for the presentation titled California Scheming, Innovative Financing for Energy Efficiency. First, a quick word about our speaker series. Blueprint for Efficiency emphasizes the latest opportunities for energy efficiency. Through presentations from leaders in the corporate, nonprofit, and public-private arenas, we will explore energy efficiency through the lenses of behavior, policy, finance, and technology. Each presentation is recorded and available through Yale University's iTunes U channel. Today, we have the second in a series of webinars on energy efficiency initiatives in the state of California. Please be sure to tune in next Tuesday at noon Eastern time for our third part of the series titled Utilities and Efficiency with Janice Berman from the Pacific Gas and Electric Company. Today we are honored to have with us David Nemtsau and Frank Spassaro. David Nemtsau is a principal of Nemtsau and Associates, a Los Angeles-based clean energy consulting firm. Previously, David served as Executive Vice President of ICE Energy Incorporated and was the CEO of Washington, D.C.-based nonprofit association Alliance to Save Energy. Director General of the New South Wales Australia Energy, Water and Utility Government Department and a senior congressional aide. He holds a master's from Harvard University and a bachelor's degree from Brown University. Frank Spassaro is currently responsible for managing the local government and institutional energy efficiency partnerships for the Southern California Gas Company. Since joining Southern California Gas in 1981, he has spent the majority of his career working on energy efficiency, including several policy and oversight positions and the gas company's energy resource center. Frank attended the University of Southern California and graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in civil engineering. Lastly, we would like to remind our listeners that we welcome any questions you might have and we will direct them to our speakers at the conclusion of the talk. We also encourage you to tweet any questions you may have or uh, type them directly into the GoToMeeting chat window. A copy of the presentation will also be uploaded to our website shortly after today's talk. Please welcome Frank and David to Blueprint for Efficiency. Good morning, everybody. This is David Nemso, and I'm going to start. And first, on behalf of Frank and myself, I want to thank you, Pedro, and your colleagues at the Yale Center for inviting us today, and also for all the other um, webinars that you've been doing, which have been very helpful to us, and uh, I know many other colleagues who uh, who participate in them. And I also want to uh, say next week, uh, Frank and my uh, good colleague, Jan Berman, who runs PG&E's programs, as you heard, will be speaking, and we know that'll be great as PG&E is uh, you know, one of the global leaders in this uh, field. And we're going to talk a little about what PG&E is doing today as we talk about California. So first, let me say that as you can see from the name of our presentation, being proper Southern Californians, we, we had to find some pop imagery to to uh, label our, our, ours off. And whether you like the Mamas and the Papas version or the Beach Boys version of California Dreamin', you know that Californians, and I'm, I'm an adopted one, but you know that Californians tend to think big, 
tend to try we try to be as innovative as we can and while we also recognize that there are allegedly 49 other states a federal government and some 200 members of the United Nations we forget about that pretty easily and we like to do things our way in California and that's both good and bad but we look forward uh, hopefully when we're done today and you have comments and questions to learning about what other jurisdictions are doing and in the meantime we'll tell you what we're working on here in California and when I say we I want to say this is the the uh, broad we it's uh, Frank of course runs these programs for the Southern California Gas Company which has been the leader in energy efficiency financing in California the utilities for a number of years and uh, I work with them and the other companies as a consultant but the California Public Utilities Commission the California Energy Commission the uh, governor and the legislature have been very active in these issues uh, state agencies like CAFA which is an arm of the treasurer and as I'll mention briefly the California voters most recently gotten to the game of energy efficiency financing when last November they passed prop 39 uh, with 61 percent of the vote providing two and a half billion dollars for energy efficiency including innovative financing so let's dive in I think um, as soon as there you go I think you all know this on the call but let's it's always important to review first principles why why is there not enough why is there a gap why is there not enough energy efficiency going on so we all know that acquiring energy not efficiency is is easy you can sign up with your utility company and they'll deliver you thermos of natural gas or kilowatt hours of electricity or heating oil pay as you go very easy no upfront cost typically uh, two even though efficiency is typically cheaper for both for the uh, end user as well as for society there's many barriers it's often harder to do it I won't review all of those you'll see some of those but we know all those barriers but one of the barriers that of course we're focusing on today is that cost-effective or not even with the best cost-effectiveness often not always but often energy efficiency measures require upfront capital and that's that's why finance plays a special role and oh there you go so energy efficiency financing and and Frank and I uh, as you heard have been working on these issues for years and decades yeah, somehow Frank uh, we haven't solved everything to say the least and what we see lately especially in California is that financing and innovative financing is really in vogue and it isn't just California it's everywhere it's federal it's New York it's uh, Michigan it's Connecticut it's uh, Utah passed a pace bill just uh, uh, this week etc so I, I think innovative financing and other financing for efficiency is in vogue why is that well the main reason is the first bullet we need more energy efficiency in this country we are not uh, uh, accomplishing it at the rate that we need and more and more policymakers and other and market actors are looking at more and more ways to 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 do it next some of the capital constraints that fuel the need for uh, efficiency financing in the first place have been uh, exacerbated in recent years by macroeconomic forces those are easing up but you know housing prices are a source of uh, equity loans that of course have been a main driver of home improvements 
and that's been that market's been crushed in recent years. Next is many jurisdictions, and on this third bullet, New Jersey is really the poster child here. Uh, many jurisdictions are trying to figure out how to deliver their uh, energy efficiency and the quantities they desire and need, but to do it in a way that's less expensive than through uh, uh, direct measures such as rebates or even direct install, and they're looking at financing to see if that can deliver it less expensively. Uh, next is there's a tension, certainly California ranks high here, in looking at comprehensive measures, deeper measures, not just the uh, easier ones such as lighting or appliances. And when you get to those deeper measures with higher capital costs, financing is appealing. And finally, there's just been more resources out there, namely the federal stimulus funds that were out there a few years ago that got distributed to the states, allowing innovation in many states, including California, used those funds for uh, uh, to explore new financing options, to experiment, and to pilot. And um, as I mentioned earlier, California now has Prop 39, which may or may not get used for financing, but that's a lot of money out there. Uh, so that might contribute. And then finally, I'll say uh, one of the reasons why it's invoking California is the California Public Utilities Commission has been working very hard pushing themselves and the utility companies that they regulate to uh, do more in this area. I'm going backwards. Of course, energy efficiency finance has limits, and I want to say, just speaking for myself, but I know many others in the field share this view, energy efficiency finance, uh, despite what you may hear otherwise, is, is not, uh, I don't think will be a panacea. Uh, it, it has a lot of appeal, but there's still a lot, even with the best of energy efficiency finance, uh, even with the most creative and successful and aggressive programs, there's still a lot of other things that will hold back uh, that will keep energy efficiency from being delivered as we need it. Of course, all those other barriers that we know about so well, knowledge, information, uh, technology, will still exist with or without finance. Um, finance tends to be more complex than other policy interventions uh, compared to, again, rebates or, or public information uh, and harder to do. Uh, some measures don't need finance in the first place, uh, the behavioral ones. So those have their own barriers and they need to be addressed, but they're not capital intensive and finance isn't the problem and isn't the solution. And then on a cultural basis, and, and, and Frank and I live this every day, as I, I know many of you do, there's two cultural barriers, those, those last two bullets. One is utilities and, and regulators and other key uh, efficiency market players typically are not, have not been involved in finance over the years. It's not a core competency, they're learning it, it's not something they've been doing for decades the way they have uh, more traditional efficiency. And the other side of the coin of that is that uh, lenders such as banks and credit unions and um, uh, other investors and players in the uh, finance markets aren't as familiar with energy efficiency as we wish they were despite the opportunities. In fact, that latter point is one of the reasons I would submit we want to do more energy efficiency financing with government and utility participation to get the lenders more comfortable so that they will uh, expand on their own because they see the business opportunities. What's the, we're going to focus today not on everything going on in California, but in particular on the role of what the utilities 
are doing, particularly the uh, regulated investor-owned utilities in California. There's four of them, uh, SoCal Gas, Frank's company, uh, their corporate uh, brethren, San Diego Gas and Electric, as well as Southern California Edison and, and uh, Pacific Gas and Electric. Those four companies serve most of the state of California in electricity uh, and nearly all of it in natural gas and the rest is served by municipal companies and others. And, and there are state agencies and other players here, but we're going to focus today on the role of the utilities and, and the um, PUC that regulates them. So what are the potential roles here? And then we'll get into the specifics. First, utilities can be lenders. And the, uh, uh, the number one area there, and it's happening right now, is called on-bill financing, where the utilities lend money to their end users for qualifying measures. You'll hear more about that too. The utility bill can be used as a repayment mechanism when third parties, uh, banks and credit unions, lend money to qualified end users for qualified purposes. And that's called on-bill repayment of loans. Three, key to finance is still doing those other efficiency roles that the utilities uh, are so uh, have been working so hard at and know so well. And those should be combined with finance. And finally, utilities can work on the various forms of credit enhancement, ways to uh, take ratepayer support for energy efficiency and to focus it on, on uh, key areas of finance. So that's the, the broad scope. I'm going to move on, and I'm going to turn it over to Frank Spazzaro. And Frank, I'm going to hand you the, um, the mouse momentarily. Thanks, David. Um, good morning, everybody. At least here in California, it's still morning, so I'll say good morning. Um, again, uh, echo David's comments. Thanks to the Yale Center for hosting all of this. I appreciate it very much. And it sounds like we have quite a few folks on the phone. Let's see if I can make sure I get this transfer over cleanly. David, can you confirm yeah, we do. that you we do can see? We see okay. yours. It's not in uh, full screen mode yet. It's in uh, okay. regular mode. Okay. Didn't I did something wrong? Of course. Uh, what did I do? I'm not an expert. I think you want to close mastery on the right there, that red X. There we go. Sorry about that. Um, I hit the. I can't see where the main one is. One more. There we go. Sorry about that. Okay, so um, we're. Maximize your window, Frank. I did. Okay. At least on my side. Okay, so um, we're going to start with the on-bill financing part of it, but just as a, a precursor, uh, we're kind of working from three major categories of finance programs here in California. We're just rolling them out in this way for 2013. Uh, basically, it's the first one is a continuation of our on-bill financing programs that we've been running since 2006 in California. Another category is funding some continuation efforts for local governments that were running ARA-backed financing programs, particularly supporting residential whole house upgrades. So we're, we're doing some funding there. We're not going to talk about that in any detail. David mentioned it. Um, and then the other part is, are the pilots that we're working on where we will go into some amount of detail. So starting with on-bill financing, uh, the key thing here is this is typically a reference to when 
the energy utility is actually doing the financing, and that could be done either with their own capital or ratepayers' capital. Uh, we started out in California using um, shareholder capital, and we've transitioned to ratepayer rate capital form. Um, there have been other programs across the country, uh, notably United Eliminating's program, which I coordinated with quite a bit in the early days in designing the program here in California. Uh, so they're one to look at. But you know, basically the advantages, uh, it, it fits nicely with other utility programs. Uh, we can offer pretty low interest rates all the way down to 0% depending on how you are able to manage your cost of capital. Uh, and we've seen pretty low default rates. Um, the, the key issue here is that while we've had some amount of success with on-bill financing, it does have some limits. You can't continue to use ratepayer capital to the level of energy efficiency that we're looking for that David mentioned earlier. We're talking billions of dollars, and that just doesn't seem to be an appropriate role for ratepayers to be doing. Um, and utilities are not really banks. You know, we're, uh, while technically I'm a lender in doing this, it's not really my core competency. So. You know, I'd rather be operating as an energy utility and pushing energy efficiency as opposed to being a, a finance company. And there are many folks out there that are experts in that and have the, the capital to be doing this. So uh, you'll see that's where we're going to be transitioning to the on-bill repayment notion. And I'll get to that in a couple of slides. Um, our on-bill financing programs, um, as I mentioned, we started them in 2006 uh, with the four utilities here in California. We pretty much have a statewide consistent operation. Uh, technically, again, we're all each lender, so we have some differences because of the fact that we have to manage that, that particular point. But since we rolled the program out, we've lent over $32 million um, and well over 1,000 customers have participated and we've had less than 1% defaults. So I think the program has operated very well and it's shown the potential here for one, using the utility bill, but two, that there's opportunity for energy efficiency financing. Uh, real, high, uh, real quick highlights of the program for institutional customers will loan up to $250,000 to 10 years. For non-institutional customers will uh, it's a little bit less. It's five-year cap and uh, $100,000. Uh, minimum loan is 5000 because of the consumer lending laws. Um, we're basically only allowed to do business programs. Um, SDG&E and SoCal Gas rolled out in 2006. Edison and PG&E have followed. Um, and in some cases, the popularity of the program has actually resulted in an oversubscription. Um, Edison, in particular, has, has a huge amount of interest in their program. So uh, there's definitely a lot of interest here. Uh, some key design elements for on-bill financing. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, the interest rate is 0% interest here, um, de defining terms. A uh, key issue is the underwriting and credit checks. What we do here in California is we just use the utility bill. Um, as I mentioned, we've had less than 1% default, so past utility bill performance certainly seems to be some kind of a good indication of, of, of people's payment um, futures. 
um, but a key element to that is that's not noted here on on the slide is that we designed the program with what we call a bill neutral feature so basically um, the savings streams pay for the loan installments so it's basically no money out of pocket potentially for the customer so if they have a project for example at $100,000 they could completely borrow it that's of course net of any rebates that are required um, and then uh, we just look at the what the savings would be do a simple payback and if for if it meets the, the, the five-year term for example I said then you know for that term they're getting uh, basically brand new equipment uh, for the same cost they were doing it before after the loan they own it outright um, these loans are non-transferable there's no securitization uh, associated with them um, and there's uh, no transferability this will be a key point um, in a moment uh, one of the key items that we've learned here before I move on is just to note that uh, our programs are heavily based on using vendors and contractors a lot of these loans are intended for smaller businesses and we don't have typically account executives that are out meeting with those folks so we use the contractor network quite a bit and there's a lot of issues um, and challenges working with the contractors but in the end they're the key uh, reps if you will for on bill financing okay so the on bill financing performance has certainly peaked interest of folks in using the utility bill in other ways so the notion has evolved to what we're now calling on bill repayment it's pretty commonly used term now um, and the basic difference here between on bill financing and on bill repayment is that now we're engaging private lenders so Bank of America Citibank Wells Fargo whoever it's their money uh, so it's a third party now on the utility bill um, and maybe more element, uh, more measures uh, longer terms etc um, hopefully uh, you know with with low interest <laughs> um, so those are all of the the reasons why there's a lot of interest in on bill repayment but there are you know certainly some it, it's not a simple thing to do uh, this is pretty complex uh, we're again we're as utilities we're not financial folks so you know we do energy things and it raises all kinds of issues that need to be addressed in terms of you know the implications of using the utility bills and what the roles of the utilities are um, as intermediaries or direct or what, whatever else um, you know the whole goal here is that there's some value to using the utility bill and in the end we're hoping we're going to be getting better financing packages lower interest rates better terms like I said that's in essence what we're going to be trying to test with our pilot uh, here on on bill repayment um, I wanted to touch on one thing really quickly related to the single-family markets uh, versus the business markets and in, in on bill repayments uh, a lot of this just has to do with uh, either the politics or the actual technical differences in the lending laws that you'll see between the two segments uh, certainly the politics in California around protecting the single-family market and consumers is pretty intense compared to businesses um, in some 
respects that's a good thing. In other cases, it just adds to the challenge here. Uh, so we're, we're seeing some amount of struggle. Uh, for example, there's a law in California that says we're not allowed to shut off a single-family customer, a consumer, residential customer for being late with a third-party charge. If that happens to be on the bill, and that would apply here. So the notion of shutoff and the value that might have in the credit equation is challenged here in the single-family market. Um, it's also very difficult to find energy efficiency projects that pay back. So if bill neutrality is a desire, that either creates extremely long loan terms or bills that are larger than they were before, and one has to factor in the implications of doing that. Uh, by the way, just a quick tangent. I'm not going to cover all the points here. I think David's probably the same way. We we, we only have an hour, and we definitely want to uh, provide enough time for questions and 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 to answer those questions. Uh, but there's a uh, 30 to 40 minutes of going over what's we've focused the last five years on is is pretty daunting to cover. All so we're going to cover off on some things a little bit more uh, quickly. Sorry about that. Um, Okay, so some of the key design elements in OBR program is what do you do when people start partially paying and underpaying? How do you distribute the the money between the utility and the third-party finance company? Uh, there are different strategies for doing that, um, all the way from priority to the third party to their last in the queue to things in between. Um, we're still sorting that particular one out here in California, but it probably will be some sort of sharing of the partial payments. That goes directly to whether or not you can shut off a customer or not. Um, that is an element of the program here in California where the, the commission has um, supported the notion of shutting off customers, uh, business customers, again, for non-payment. Um, Another issue to address is what measures qualify. Uh, the, the funding here to design all of this in California is coming from energy efficiency funds. You know, those are public purpose funds. They have rules that go with them. And that creates some limitations on the kinds of things that you can generally do. But we're certainly looking at trying to get broader with what we're doing here because uh, the reality is customers don't just do one energy efficiency thing. They're typically looking at packages with projects, and we don't want to lose things in the, in the uh, intent here of trying to get more done. Uh, but it does create some challenges, like how do you deal with bill neutrality if that's something that you want um, done. Um, we're trying to, one of the things is um, in, in the whole system here, and you'll see a little bit later, uh, we're going to want to have standards and decide how lenders can engage in this process to protect the uh, customers who use this. Same thing with contractors. Um, and then you get into the issues of, uh, and this is a, a, an ultra-critical one, is transferability and the value or importance of transferability in the whole equation to the bank and how they're looking at, if you uh, want to call it the credit enhancement of using the utility bill and creating, again, that better financing package. So transferability kind of sounds straightforward. It's I'm in the, in the uh, building right now. I have a five-year loan at year three. I decide to sell the property. David wants to buy it from me. And what would happen is, in the cleanest world, I just um, 
David just takes over paying that on the utility bill and it gets transferred over. Implementing that in the real world is a huge challenge because of what I'm sure is pretty obvious. Um, you know, how do you ensure all the right disclosures are made? That the new customer is understanding all of it? Can you make this mandatory? Does it mean that you have to have utility tariffs and rules in place, contracts? And of course, what are all the, the um, lending legal implications of how one goes about um, doing that? A little bit more specific about what the proposed pilot is here in California. And again, I'm going to take a quick step back. Um, David is part of a consulting team, um, Harcourt, Brown and Carey, that the utilities hired last year to help us design these pilots. Uh, they issued a report to the commission. I filed it on their behalf uh, with their proposals. There were, um, I think, eight total, maybe nine uh, pilot proposals uh, addressing what the commission wanted. And um, I think at some point we'll note where that that's available. But I did want to note that um, you know, this is basically summarizing what the consultant team proposed. It's still being debated in front of the commission. Um, there's some amount of controversy over certain elements. There, you know, I, for example, support a lot of what OBR would be, but there are some issues that I personally have with it, my company has. So I'm not going to say that this is the gas company's proposal, but this is the consultant proposal in front of the commission, just as a clarification. Um, so the uh, there's an element of credit enhancements addition to the bill. Um, a loan loss reserve uh, typically is what uh, folks consider to be a credit enhancement, for example. And we're looking at trying to, for small customers, for certain we're going to have some sort of a loan loss reserve, at least that's the commission's intention. Uh, the consultants proposed it for all of the non-residential customers and that's uh, being reviewed as to whether or not that will actually happen. Uh, the partial payment thing that I mentioned, we're actually trying to use the existing uh, on-bill financing algorithms on how we allocate that, which vary a little bit between each of the utilities just due to our unique systems. But there will be a pro rata system put in place. We're just not sure exactly what that will be. I mentioned that it will have shut off. Um, again, this is only for non-residential customers. We're not doing residential. Um, the credit enhancement, because it's funded out of energy efficiency, will only uh, be applied to energy efficiency measures. Um, but there's there's some amount of debate as to how many non-energy efficiency measures would be done. We're looking at a formula of like an 80-20 thing, where we'll allow 20% for non-EE measures. Um, you know, there's my simple example is when somebody puts in a boiler, sometimes they need to put in a new concrete concrete pad customer still needs to pay for the concrete pad, so we're allowing for for 20% uh, coverage for things like that. The PUC did not require bill neutrality, so that won't be something that we're going to be managing, uh, but we definitely need to look at how we're going to qualify lenders and contractors, the QAQC of all of that. Uh, the commission did not require transferability, but they've allowed for it, and we're trying to sort through the implications there. At the moment, it would be more of, uh, we think it might be more of an elected type of a thing where later it could become a mandatory deal. 
Um, so we're trying to figure out how we actually get there because there are some issues about how that particular process would be done. Um, and there will be a key role for, uh, and again, this will be coming up here in a moment from David, where we're going to be creating um, what we're calling the Energy Efficiency Finance Hub. And that hub will be some sort of an entity with various functionality associated with it. could be a number of entities within it. But as far as on-bill repayment is concerned, um, a key element, and I'm going to um, jump ahead here, is, is a role for the, uh, the hub. So um, this particular slide, slide 13, just sort of lays out in, in a, a bubble slide sort of what traditional financing would be. Um, utilities off to the side, everybody does their thing. Um, you know, outside of all that, and you know, maybe the utility pays rebates and incentives. Um, in a, a, a simplified version of OBR, you know, now we've obviously got the utility involved. Um, it could be, um, you know, with, with obviously still with rebates and incentives. Although the long-term view of that is that maybe those go away here if you can do this properly. Um, but basically, we're moving money from. Uh, the customer to the lender, and so then the question is, how do we, when we collect that money from the customer, how do we get it to the lender? Um, of course, there's a process of getting it on the utility bill that needs to be done as well. So um, th th this sort of highlights how crazy it could be if we tried to do all of that with each of the potential lenders that are out there and with all the customers we have, obviously these lines would start getting really crazy and things are going to get quickly out of hand. So this is where the hub comes in. And there's this notion of what we call the master servicer, which would be an entity that would be what I'll call the kind of the middleman between the utilities and the lenders where they the master servicer would notify the utility, say for example, every month with a data file to say here are all the payments that you need to put on the utility bills for all these specific customers. We do that. We collect the money. When we collect the money, we give the money back to the, to the master servicer and the master servicer then disperses it to all the, the numerous lenders that are out there. It's a much more elegant solution to the craziness that would otherwise ensue. Um, that said, um, there aren't a whole lot of folks that do master servicing. Um, there are there are maybe a handful. Uh, we're trying to figure out exactly how we would go about engaging somebody to do this master servicer role because this will be a critical element to making this both efficient and effective uh, for the customers, for the utilities, and certainly for the banks. And you know, the end of the day here. The banks are kind of sitting out there looking at all of this and trying to figure out what this OBR thing is. And some of them are getting it, and a lot of them are still trying to understand it. Uh, so it's going to be really critical that, you know, as we roll this thing out, that that we address, you know, all of those issues about how to keep everybody engaged in a way that doesn't overwhelm them. Because this is all, you know, this is sort of the the, the proverbial iceberg, you know, the tip of it looks fairly straightforward, but everything that's under it is pretty daunting and there's a lot to, to work through. But again, we're working through it and I think we have a pretty good plan going forward. Okay, so 
I'm not going to go through this in detail, but this is a, a slide that basically sort of lays out what the process would be from a customer working with a contractor all the way through uh, engaging the master servicer to getting the, the dollar, the, the, the money, the loan on the utility bill to us collecting it and uh, dealing with under and overpayments and the whole process. Okay, and I'm going to hand it over, if I can, to David. Do you see my screen, Frank? Yes. Okay, so uh, we're almost out of time, so I'll, I'll, I'll go through this real quickly, and then uh, you can follow, we can follow up later. So uh, Frank already described the hub, so I won't go through this, but the, the hub, I think, is the most um, uh, innovative and new uh, feature that we're going to talk about uh, today that California is looking at. And again, it's a recognition that these functions need to be organized, or there will be too many players, and will be too messy, and it will scare the... Uh, Amanu, uh, as uh, Frank said earlier, these are uh, the consultant, uh, sorry, one, one last slide, and on this, a key element here is organizing data, and it's, uh, some of that's mechanical and some of it is far from mechanical, and, and it's quite challenging, and what we want to do is, you know, again, there's a culture, culture mix here in which financial institutions, FIs called here, look for certain kinds of data in a certain uh, uh, certain information in a certain format with certain timeliness, and utilities do the same thing. They have their own regimes, and they, these two will need to be married and will also be, need to be married in a way that uh, the PUC invented the word anonymized that allows uh, customer privacy uh, to be honored, but in a way that uh, allows these two worlds to interact. And this, the uh, issue of uh, data is its own uh, important issue. I'm going to just very briefly go through, uh, and I'm going to let you read for yourselves uh, what our proposed pilots are. Again, these are the pilot, pr pilots proposed by the uh, consulting team that I'm a member of with others and that are before the uh, commission and the utilities for consideration as we speak. And I, I do want to say the commission has acted on this, and uh, we're expecting a ruling from them any day now. And, uh, and that will bring these forward. We're proposing uh, two major pilots and two sub-pilots within single-family residential. You can see those. One is to take the National Wheel Program, bring it to California. Two, uh, what's called here a direct loan program or local lenders, meaning non-national, uh, pretty traditional in that uh, within finance uh, to provide some credit enhancement. And then also looking at um, uh, the, an energy finance line item charge is called line item billing in other places. Uh, it's called EFLIC in California. And then looking at moderate and middle income markets, I'll let you follow up. And here's just a summary. Again, this will be in the report. We'll give you a site to what these pilots are. And, and look at that middle line there, what pilot is testing. I just want to underscore these are pilots. They may become programs. I think they will. But pilots are different than programs, and they're designed to test things so that we can learn and others can learn. And so we're designing them as such. Multifamily, 
uh, is a much tougher nut to crack in energy efficiency. We, we all know that for all the reasons we know. We think um, that there's some opportunity here with finance that by targeting in particular within multifamily, master metered uh, multifamily may be affordable, that there are ways to use uh, on-bill repayment and credit enhancement to tackle that. Again, this is a pilot. We hope we will succeed and we will presumably find out. And then um, I'll just focus on, this is our report. You can get all the details you want here. If you see the uh, URL uh, at the bottom there, uh, CalEEFinance, CalEEFinance.com, you will find this report and all sorts of other stuff available, including links to um, what the utilities are doing and links to what the PUC has been doing in their draft decisions as they get ready for the end game. So with that said, we're ready, uh, Frank and I are ready to answer any uh, questions you might have. Thank you very much, David. Uh, I'd like to start by, by just asking if you have any sense of what the, the size of, of, the, of these pilot projects will be in terms of, of dollars of uh, funding? Yeah, we, we uh, let me take that, Frank, first, and then you, the, uh, we do. The commission was very clear in their, uh, I'll call it preliminary decisions to date. They've had two major decisions, and what will count as the next one. They said they expect to see the uh, four investor-owned utilities uh, invest at least $200 million in the next, in the 2013-2014 two-year period here on energy efficiency finance. That's $200 million in total, of which probably $100 million will be on bill finance alone and some other measures. So the best guess at this point, uh, unless the commission uh, orders something different, is that the pilots in total will be in the order of 60, 70 million for the four companies for the two years. I think that's a good okay, thanks. guesstimate. Emphasis, yeah, emphasis yes, on guess. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of gas, a uh, question from Sid, who is uh, very concerned about uh, uh, losses, energy losses in, in tailpipes. He's, he's asking specifically to Frank, what information do you have on um, waste heat energy recovery and uh, are there any efforts around uh, to finance this type of efficiency measure? Absolutely. Um, that's one of uh, the, the key natural gas energy efficiency measures in what we call our custom program. Um, we, it's custom because the energy calculations tend to be site specific and measure technology specific, but that's a that's an important important energy efficiency measure, so absolutely. Okay, and um, this one's for David. What do you do you envision the the energy efficiency finance hub as being a government body or, or privately run? That's a uh, $64 million question now. Uh, you know, I, w I would say this. It, well, first, whether it's uh, government or private, it will be uh, a de facto regulated by the Public Utilities Commission in the beginning because it will be ratepayer money going into it. So 
Uh, having said that, there were different proposals, there were different possibilities, each of which I, I believe have uh, advantages and disadvantages using an existing state agency, uh, such as CAITFA in the uh, Treasurer's Office has appeal, using one of the utilities uh, to get it started on behalf of the state and creating something new out of whole cloth that would presumably be a nonprofit. So we don't know the answer to that, but I, I think what we do know is it's new enough and complex enough that some entity, an agency or a, a state agency or a utility, will need to uh, service the hub on at least uh, an interim basis. Uh, think of it as a foster home for at least a while while things get up and running uh, in 2013. Okay. Uh, the next question is from Steve. Uh, for any anyone uh, who wants to take it, can you make any generalizations about which segments of energy consumers are most likely to use energy efficiency financing? Uh, well, that's um, this is Frank. That's that's uh, an interesting question. Um, you know, quite honestly, I, I think um, there are a, a ton of folks um, across the board. Um, is what we're seeing. I mean, residential, non-residential. Um, you know, my, my perspective personally is that you know what we need to do is try to help the people that that are having issues finding it on their own. Because uh, even though I, for example, offer zero percent interest on my on-bill financing program, I've still had some of my business customers say, you know, I have a good deal with my existing financial institution, and you know, I'm going to preserve it and you know I've got a good setup and they don't need my money and we're not you know we don't have to, to, to lend people money that's not what we're doing what we're trying to get is the energy efficiency so um, you know I think what we're trying to do is I mean I, a lot of people are, have a need for it, but what we're trying to do is help the people that are struggling a bit trying to access it it's either too difficult to get or the banks aren't offering it so there's kind of two customer segments here it's not just the people that are investing, it's the, um, you know, the customers that are investing, it's the financial institutions that are investing. So we have, um, you know, that we're trying to address too. So I, mean, I, I think that we've got a whole bunch of customers that are in need of, of financing, in particular if we're going to get to the levels that we're not getting to at the moment. It's across the board as a need here in California anyway. Hey, this is David. Can I can I use um, the, the last point Frank made and the earlier point just to underscore? If we're successful here we, with these pilots, we will, like all market transformation, we will transform the energy efficiency financing marketplace in a way so that end users will see opportunities. And, and I don't I don't care whether they get their money from SoCal Gas or from their credit union or from a home equity loan whatever they want as long as they understand the opportunities for efficiency and know that it's worth borrowing money to, to save energy and money. So f similarly with the lenders, if the lenders see this is a good business opportunity and we don't, you know, we love the utility programs or we don't care about them, but we're getting in the game in California and elsewhere, that's success. So that's the definition of market transformation. That's what we're trying to do here with all these efforts is to do things directly and to, uh, you know, encourage, you know, and to transform the market for the long run. Okay, thanks, David. By the way, uh, we're getting uh, some requests uh, that for you to put up uh, the 
the last slide you had with your with the link uh, to your study with the URL. So if you could if you could show us that, uh, some people I think wanted to, to copy that down. Thanks. Um, okay, so so the next question is from Beth, and uh, she would like to know if the on-bill repayment can be seen as a way to to help provide uh, up energy efficiency upgrades to low-income individuals with poor credit ratings and a historically high loan default history? Well, uh, theoretically, um, yes, but uh, again, we're, we're not actually looking at doing on-bill repayments in California yet with residential customers, which is where you know, the bulk of, I think, low income. I mean, certainly there are some businesses, I think, that might fall into that low income category, but that's primarily, primarily a residential distinction, and we're not doing on-bill repayment yet there. That said, um, you know, somewhere down the road, if the right laws get put in place, um, you know, I, I certainly think it's possible. There's definitely interest there, but I will say that um, this is when the QAQC part of working with contractors and the program starts getting a little bit more intense because there are, there's a lot of concerns about you know, consumer protections and things for that particular market segment. Um, so, you know, it will have its own challenges, but I think ultimately it could be done. Okay, thanks. And. Um, Another uh, another one from Scott. What kind of financing rates do you expect to see for OBR loans made to unrated commercial building owners? Well, as, as David noted earlier, that's uh, I put it in the category of it's another one of those $64 million questions. Um, what we're hoping to see is better interest rates than customers would otherwise have gotten uh, without the utility bill as a credit enhancement, uh, but we don't know that yet. That's part of what we'll be trying to learn in the pilot. Um, so, I, you know, specific numbers, I don't know. Uh, I think people quote ranges of, you know, 7 to 12 percent, um, but it's all relative to what people are otherwise getting and trying to get better than, than that. Sure, and also uh, uh, follow on to that from Todd. Uh, do you foresee the cost the cost of the um, energy efficiency finance hub as something that could impact the the end user rates or the cost to the project? Do you want to take that one, David? Yeah, I need you to repeat it, uh, to repeat it, Pedro. Well, I'll go ahead and take it. It, it was about, uh, basically it's about um, hub fees. So uh, we do actually have a, a part of the process of setting up the hub uh, long term would be to implement fees associated with the hub. Uh, we're, we're trying to figure out exactly what would be covered in the fees, you know, what would be eligible to be covered. Like we're not thinking so much that all of the initial setup would be something we'd have to recover, but the ongoing cost of implementing the hub, we are. Um, I think that was also sort of an inference in what David said about, you know, it, right now this is all being covered by ratepayers, but at some point it may be self-sustaining, and when it becomes self-sustaining, some of the rules may change a little bit 
because it won't be tied to energy efficiency ratepayer funds. But the real challenge is trying to set up and get recovery for those fees in a way that doesn't counter all of the uh, credit enhancements, improvements that we were able to make elsewhere by using the utility bill. So, you know, th this is definitely uh, going to be, not be an easy thing to get done, but that is the vision is to have fees at some point, yes. Okay. And do uh, from Michael, do you do you, what what do you expect the the result of these programs to be uh, eventually on on utilities profitability? And and I might add also another question from Roger: um, Is there any plan or or, or or do you foresee any other uses of of on bill repayment for financing other types of purchases not energy related? Okay, uh, okay so this is Frank. Yeah, um, you know, th there's nothing directly involved in the way these pilots are set up that would affect one way or the other, theoretically, the utility profitability. That said, there the devil um, is in the details in a couple places, and opportunities may exist depending on how you're set up. For example, while I can't tell you exactly what the earnings risk-reward mechanism is for energy efficiency programs today in California, there is such a notion, and if this helps us get more of our goals, you know that could that could be a benefit. Um, if there are issues, however, on defaults that become untenable, it's possible that that could have some sort of a negative shareholder impact depending on how one collects partial payments and, you know, where those all get dealt with and how that fits into the big scheme of things. So, but this is not intended to be something that the utilities um, are, are profiting off of. No, it's to, to make energy efficiency happen. So it sort of depends on, you know, how that all goes. But like I said, some amount of devil in the details. And then I forgot the second question. It was about non-energy uh, measures. So let me um, let me say there's there's no discussion that I'm aware of of having it be completely a fee, you know far afield from energy measures. These are energy utilities, and and energy rate payers are supporting them. Where there is some discussion, and Frank talked about this earlier, is finance is a little different than traditional incentives or direct install in that it, you can't always target exactly what measures you want, and California has a very complex and sophisticated regime about what measures count and don't, and how much they count, and net to gross, and all sorts of stuff. In this case, the, our team, our consulting team has proposed, following the lead of other jurisdictions, that some of the finance be allowed to be for non-energy uh, non, um, efficiency measures. That might be uh, demand response or solar or storage or DG. It might be things like Frank said, a pad underneath a boiler or a leaking roof that are related to the energy improvement, but not an energy improvement per se. So we proposed a de minimis uh, up to 20% if appropriate, and that's under consideration. But that would be as once you get beyond that, you're starting to then then you go into traditional finance, and you should be getting a regular business loan or home equity loan.
Okay, I think we'll have time for one uh, last question. So uh, this is from Danielle. Considering some of the barriers that utilities face with the on-bill financing or on-bill repayment model, how do you see other financing models fitting into the solution? Specifically, energy service agreements or managed energy service agreement models. Are there any plans to incorporate aspects of these models going forward? So I'll take a, a first cut at that and, and start by highlighting something that David said early in the conversation that financing in general is not a panacea for energy efficiency. Um, I used to say that um, when I was on my tour with Onbell Financing that OBF wasn't a panacea and that what we needed were a whole bunch of financing products because I don't think any one product is the solution. We need to bring to bear a whole portfolio of solutions, I think, to get to the kind of goals, at least that we have here in California. So I think they're all needed. And I think they're all going to have their, their specific places where they're more advantageous than other particular products. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I think that that's, you know, an important element to why our pilots are so broad and we're touching on so many different things is because we've recognized that here in California that there is no one single solution. Um, and I, once again, forgot the second part of the question. Well, it was it was about uh, energy service agreement. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so on bill, yeah, on bill repayment is intended to cover all kinds of different transactions that occur in the marketplace. So, our vision is that. Uh, ESAs and MESAs and all that stuff would, would be allowed by the financial institutions to be put on the bill. Um, each may have its own little technical aspect that we're going to have to figure out how to incorporate properly, but the, the uh, intent right now is to try to figure out how to cover all of those kinds of energy transactions that are occurring uh, in the marketplace.